Hello, wee, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm insane, and one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm not insane, and I'm your other host, James. He is insane in the membrane. And thank you for joining us uh, for this week's uh, episode of, I already said that, uh, Season 2, Episode 13, Surprise. Now, uh, uh, what what that could mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's why it's a surprise, right? Yeah, surprise episode. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. So, how are you, James? How are you this week? How's life? Uh, how's all that kind of stuff going? I'm all right. Life's okay. All you right. know, um, you know, it is what everything's meaningless. None of this matters. Exactly. Like, I mean, you know. <laughs> It, it's all pointless at the end of the day, but uh, right. we have a job to right. do and a show to do, so by God, we are here. We are here to do it. Do we have any uh, news notes, corrections, anything from uh, last week? We do not. We okay. do not. We were perfect. That's how good as, we are. Yeah. I mean, we're not amateurs. No. This is, God, no. This is... The thirteenth episode of our second season, we are fucking professionals. That's right, and, and we should. That's why we bring in the big dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're getting paid? Uh, uh, no. What? Who? Son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm keeping all the dough. <laughs> well, why don't you, um? I don't know. Let's just say, give us some delicious and nutritious dates and deets. Oh, I'll do that. I seasoned these ones up with paprika and garlic for you. Okay, okay. I love garlic. I love it. I put it on my nipples every day when I wake up. <laughs> okay. Mmm, <laughs> garlicky uh... nipples. This week we are reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 13, the 25th episode of the series overall, Surprise. Our episode director this week is Michael Lang, and our episode credited writer this week is Marty Noxon. Our original air date was January 19th, 1998, on the now-defunct WB Network, and this was... This was highly hyped up as a as a Buffy two night event. Yes, I I do recall that, yes. Even so though this, was, this isn't like da 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 part one and then the next episode is da 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 part two. It, it is it, in fact it, a two parter. It is a two part episode and and yeah this was very heavily hyped up uh in January of ninety eight as a, a buff uh, two-night Buffy event, uh, and this is the first part of it. Don't miss an all-new two-night Buffy event. <laughs> Something along those lines. Right, right. Uh, our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, David Boreanaz as Angel, and Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. Our guest cast this week includes Seth Green as Oz, Christine Sutherland as Joyce, Robio Lamort as Jenny, 
James Marsters as Spike, Juliet Landau as Drusilla, Brian Thompson as the judge, Eric Sot Suet as Dalton, and Vincent Chevalli as Uncle Enos. And if you watch TV or movies, you know who Vincent Chevalli is. Yes. He's literally been in everything. <laughs> and uh, as has our guest star, Batty, as he's already been a top Batty on this show in the previous season. That is. That is uh, something I have in, our, uh, in my behind-the-scenes, actually, for the next episode. Yes, and I believe I had him nicknamed, like, Cromagnon Jaw or something like that. Uh, Jawbone. Jawbone, that was it. Yes, Jawbone. Jawbone has returned as a different character. And if I recall correctly, he will return again. I don't know if it's Buff. It might be Angel, but I'm I'm sure he returns again as another character. Uh, Our episode synopsis this week reads, Spike and Drusilla gather the body parts of a dismembered demon to help them in their plans to get rid of Buffy. Okay. That's that's one of the better ones you've had so far. Um, Yeah. Mine is, to give Buffy a surprise on her 17th birthday, Drusilla and Spike bring together the body parts of a dismembered demon who cannot be killed. Once again, I think mine is superior. Of course you. That's who you are as a person. That's right, yes. I need constant validation, and I need to always be the best. Right, even if you're the only one validating yourself. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So we open our episode in Buffy's room uh, at night. She's sound asleep. Oh, and uh, she wakes up uh, with a little bit of a, a startle to her, and she uh, she reaches over and turns her lamp on and uh, picks up a glass of water from her nightstand, and uh, it, but it's empty. So she gets up to fill it, and we follow her out into the hall, and uh, as she's coming out of her bedroom, um, we see Drusilla appear behind her and Buffy opens the door to the bathroom and suddenly she finds herself in the bronze and well, my bathroom looks like the bronze so you know uh, mine mine looks like the inside of the TARDIS oh okay okay <laughs> so Buffy she looks kind of confused but she goes with it and she wanders on into the bronze and she as she's walking through the crowd, she comes upon Willow, who's sitting at a table with a uh, drink in front of her and uh, a little uh, organ grinder monkey s- sitting on the table. And uh, um, Buffy walks up, and Willow gives her a smile and waves at her, and uh, um, she keeps walking, and she finds Joyce standing there. She's holding a big coffee cup and a, and a saucer and um, uh, Joyce says to her, do you really think you're ready, Buffy? And Buffy questions 
questions her, and uh, at that point, Joyce drops the saucer, and we watch it fall and shatter on the floor, and then Joyce just turns around and slowly walks away from Buffy. And Buffy's like, you're not um, even going to clean this up? This is my bathroom. <laughs> um, so Buffy watches her leave and then looks around again, kind of confused, and you know, starts to walk and moves past Willow again, and um, she turns, she uh, walks through a crowd towards the stage, and there's no band playing, and she turns around and kind of gets a soft smile on her face, and we see that Angel is there, standing over by the pool tables, and he starts to walk towards her, and she starts to walk towards him, too, and all of a sudden, Drusilla in vamp face appears behind Angel and uh, stakes him uh, in the back. And uh, he, Buffy yells out for him, and he kind of screams out in pain. And as they're reaching for each other, he said he calls out uh, for Buffy, and we see. We get a close-up of their hands reaching for each other, and uh, Angel be, Angel's hand turns to dust, and we see the rings on his fingers kind of fall to the floor. And we cut to Drusilla, and she says, Happy birthday, Buffy. And we cut back to Buffy's room, and she wakes up. It's all been a dream. And she's confused and shocked and all that good stuff. And that's our cold open. That is our cold open. And when we return from what would have been a commercial, we see Buffy knocking on a door, and then we hear the voice of Angel. Right? Right? Yes. Uh, anyway, that was for James. Uh, we, I'm, so, I'm, you must have read my mind. I'm so glad you did that because, uh, I was going to bring it up this week. If you didn't do it this week, I was going to be like, dude, you're supposed to be doing this every time Angel shows up and you haven't done it. Yeah. I, I, uh, kind of fucked up the last couple episodes. Um, but you know, we were coming back from our vacation and you know, I was, I was, uh, I was a little off my game. <laughs> so anyway, he opens the door, and of course he's shirtless. Um, and he lets her in and uh, uh, actually puts a shirt on, thankfully. And I, I don't know about you, but every time he doesn't have his shirt on, um, I get the sweats. I'm immediate, uh, I am immediately erect. Yeah. Like full stack. No, I... Honestly, the only thing I can think about is how much of a pain it must have been for the art department or makeup to fucking do that tattoo. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah, because if he's wearing clothes, they don't have to do the fucking. But at this point, I'm thinking they probably made like a stencil and they can just pop it on yeah, him and, 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 you know, in no time, just blah, 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 there you go. But they all, yeah, you notice probably. how if he's not wearing a shirt, they always have to show that tattoo. 
Oh, yeah. And it looks different oh, yeah. every time. <laughs> like different, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's kind of light and sometimes it's really dark. And yeah. But anyway, uh, so he, she's questioning him and, and everything, and he's like, I'm fine. Why? What's, you know, what's going on? And, um, <clears throat> you know, basically she tells him that, you know, she had this, this, this dream and, and um, that Drusilla kills him in this dream and, He's like, that can't be because she's a woman. She can't kill me. I'm a man. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. No, but, uh, <laughs> wow, I just lost all two followers that we have. And uh, so she's like, she's like, bitch, what? And then she oh, immediately drop kicks him. <laughs> Clearly, this is going to be a James has to sit up straight episode. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, she, and he's like, you know what? It was just a dream. And she's like, yeah, but you know how some of my dreams have been prophetic before, you know, like with the master and what or what. And he's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean, you know, all dreams are that that way. And he's like, did you have any other dreams? You know, what, what else did you dream about? And she said, well... Giles and I, what'd she say? I didn't write down the exact, she and Giles opened up a, like a. <laughs> um, an office supply shop uh, yeah, in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. And he's like, see? And she's like, well, that's true. So they start kissing. And to make, really to make this somewhat long scene a little shorter, they just keep kissing and working their way towards his door and she'll pull away. Oh, I've got to go to school. And then he's like, yeah. And then she'll start kissing him again. Then he'll pull away. Well, you've got to really got to go to school. And she's like, yeah. And then, and they just keep doing that over and over. And then they finally get to the door and, um, then she smiles and she's really happy. She says she's really happy to see. It's nice to see him first thing in the morning. And he's like, well, technically for me, it's bedtime. Um, and she's like, yeah, thanks for wasting a really sweet moment, dick. And knees him in the she, groin and leaves. She, <laughs> right in his vampire nuts. Right in his vamp nuts. And they both explode with just dust. Like, <laughs> But, uh, so, uh, and she's like, well, but I like seeing you at bedtime, too. And he's like, what? And she's like, what? And she's like, JK. And I, and I, as a viewing member of the audience, was like, what? What? Now that you're 17, you're a whore? What? No. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, he, he kind of changes the subject and asks her, he's like, what do you want for your birthday? You still haven't told me. And she just says, surprise me. And he's like, okay. And then he stabs her. And he's like, Surprise. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, birthday present number one. Buffy's received it. He's like, what do you want for your birthday? And she's like, dick me down. Dick me, <laughs> dick, take me to dick town. And he's like, sorry, no can do. Uh, vampire wiener, we don't get erect. That's well known in the in the lore. <laughs> it's the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> there goes all of James's uh, uh, slash fic. Um, right, right. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Damn it, I've, of, I've been writing this shit for 20 years. <laughs> it's all garbage? You're, you're telling me, me what? what the they can't fuck? do what? Then, you know what? If that's the case, explain Connor to me. Right now. 
Well, I can't even even if that's not even if that isn't the case, I can't explain Connor to you. Uh, a little inside baseball there, folks. We'll get to that in several months or years. A couple, of, couple <laughs> yeah, more like probably more years. like about three years. Um. Anyway, so the next scene is Buffy and Willow walking outside of school. You know, I'm I'm sorry. Before you go on, just on a serious note here. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like we we've talked about it, and there's there's big stuff in the fandom, especially as as time has gone on, about kind of the the cringe and the you factor of like the age difference between Buffy and Angel. Yeah, you know, and uh, I don't know. There's I I get that, but in especially in scenes like this, like. I just I buy into this one hundred percent. I never like I never really had a problem with the fact that there's supposedly a huge, you know, quote unquote age difference. Um, it, to me, it's the fact that she literally she's portrayed. She's not in real life, but her character is a minor. <laughs> is a when they meet his right. they, her her character is is she even sixteen yet when they first meet? Maybe just turned sixteen. When they first meet, yeah, she's yeah. 16. Yeah, and it's like, that's where I find, that's the creep factor for me. Right. So, if they had met when she was already 17, there would be less of a creep factor for you? No, Even because she's his, still a fucking minor. <laughs> you know? Well, not not in the state of California. Well, fuck. Not a lot of states, actually. Well, I mean, come on. 18 is where, the, is where you need to be to, to not... And even... I mean, of course, it, yeah, of course it's still fucking gross, but it would be less... Like, let's say they started this show and she's like a freshman in college or something. Right. Then, right. yeah, I think it would... Obviously, they wanted to do... They wanted her to be in high school to cash in on the audience they were going after. Right. Um, but I feel like, yeah, had they started this show... With her as a, like a freshman in college, yeah, a lot less. A, there would have been a lot less creep factor involved, you know. Right. Um, but what I was saying is like I don't like I get I get all that, but this the chemistry between Sarah Michelle and David is just so off the charts. Like I'm I'm one hundred percent in on the Buffy Angel relationship. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's no, there's no. Um, um, what am I? What am I trying to say? There's no, there's no issue with their on camera, um, right? You know, chemistry at all. So, right. And I believe I was looking this up as you were talking, and there's also quite there's quite an age difference between the two of them in real life. Um, he's like yeah. seven years older than her, or something. You know, and I don't know. Right. No, it's to, for me the problem was always the whole. She was sixteen, and he's like, yeah, how two hundred and something ish, two hundred and twenty five yeah. or something. It's like, e really? Is this is this your mo, creepoid? <laughs> so anyway, uh, anyway, we 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 cut the school and the uh, later that day, and Buffy and Willow are walking and talking outside of school, and Buffy's telling Willow about the the whole encounter and of course, you know, her dream and yada, yada. And, um, Willow's kind of shocked that Buffy made the whole bedtime comment. And, um, you know, a lot, there's a lot of, um, 
gosh, how do I, what do I want to say here? There's like a lot of uh, innuendo towards sex without them actually ever saying sex. Just lots of innuendos. And, um, you know, she's like, she doesn't think Angel would push for something like that, but she's, she says, you know, it's, she's basically alluding to the fact that we're kind of at that point now, like shit or get off the pot kind of thing. And, and, oh, right. uh, Willow's like, yeah, that's true. Um, without saying this, this whole conversation is so, they're just, it's like innuendo after innuendo <clears throat> and, uh, right. without saying, coming out and saying things. And, um, Buffy basically says she's made the decision that when the opportunity next comes, she's going to pull the trigger. And, uh, Willow's, just like, wow. And she just keeps saying wow over and over again, like in awe. And uh, they continue walking along, and uh, Willow's still saying wow. And Buffy spots Oz uh, playing his guitar, sitting over on a picnic table, and urges Willow to uh, get a little wow of her own going on, if you know what I'm saying. And... (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yeah, he's nice, and I like his hands. And Buffy's like, well, you know, when you comment on something, you know, subtle like that, that obviously means you, you have a crush. And But Willow's, uh, Willow's concerned that she'll, you know, clam up and, um, you know, it, it look ridiculous. And Buffy's like, well, you, you never know if, if you don't try. And... Um, so Buffy kind of walks away, and uh, that—that's not always good advice, though. That's how I got addicted to heroin. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly. Um, right. So <laughs> I mean, because you never know if you're going to like it unless you at least try it once. Right. You know. I, I mean. Like, all right. All right. Let right, me tie me off. Tie me off, and let's <laughs> let's fucking bang this thing out and see what happens. If I go down. You got the Narcan, right? So just, you know, hit me up. And uh, <laughs> uh, So anyway, Buffy uh, Buffy walks off and Willow uh, works her way over to Oz and she uh, asks him, he's practicing, so she's like, oh, do you, do, you, do you guys have a gig tonight? And he's like, no. Um, you know, the band has actually reached this point where we're, we have this new sound where we suck. So uh, practice. And she's like, well, I don't think you suck. And he's like, well, I didn't really ask your fucking opinion. Then he backhands her out of the screen. And, (laughs) oh, people hate me. And uh, (laughs) she comes flying back in like fucking Chun-Li style from fucking Street Fighter and like a million kicks him all the way across. And, yeah, we're in like this huge fucking rumble all of a sudden. Uh, anyway, he <laughs> he uh, he assures her that, uh, or she's like, "Oh, you guys, you probably have a lot of groupies." And he's like, "Yeah, it happens, but you know, um, I'm I'm living clean though now. I'm I'm groupie free." And uh, so the awkward silence kind of starts there, and and uh, he kind of takes over the conversation. And I think this is a good exchange. So let's play a clip of it. I'm glad. I'm glad you have a clip of this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna ask you to go out with me tomorrow night, and I'm kind of nervous about it actually. It's interesting. Oh well, 
If it helps at all, I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, it helps. It, it creates a comfort zone. Do you want to go out with me tomorrow night? Oh, I can't! Uh, well, see, I like that you're unpredictable. Oh, it's just it's Buffy's birthday, and we're throwing our surprise party. It's okay. But you could come, if you want it. Well, I don't want to crash. No, it's fine. Well, you could be my date. All right, I'm in. I said date. So she's quite happy with herself that she said date. And um, I think this is the first time we've seen her uh, get to this level in a relationship on this show. Yeah. Um, this, be, before you go on to uh, to the next scene, I said this is another, and obviously there's no problems with, you know, this relationship. But it's another one that I'm I, I'm all in on, like 100% from the get-go. I it's, was always it's... a major fan of these two, a major fan of these two. They were like, these two actors and these two characters were like born yeah. to be together. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah I yeah. was always a huge fan of this relationship, and I'm glad we're finally at the episode where it it, it actually begins. Yeah. I, I'm all in on this on on Willow Oz, like you said the the characters the Allison Hannigan and and Seth Green how, as they embody those characters like it's uh it's again like with Sarah and David it's just pure chemistry when when they're together and on this is probably my favorite scene in this episode. Oh yeah, it's it's so awkward and cute, you know that, you know, yeah. and you're just you're you're really pulling for Willow, but at the same time, Oz is so cool that that uh, you know it just it just flows like butter. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, Xander and Cordy are inside school, and they're having they're at her locker, and they're having basically the same conversation. Um, he's trying to basically, you know say well we should go to this thing you know together as a date as a couple and admit we're dating why are we hiding from our friends <laughs> hiding this from our friends man and she just comes right out with it and she goes well yeah you don't have anything to be ashamed of <laughs> and I'm like god I love Cordelia <sighs> so uh she <laughs> he he's fucking he's just like wow wow bitch wow and he's like, fucking forget it. And he just walks away. And uh, that that's basically that scene. But that that <laughs> that line is just so fucking perfect. And it's so Cordelia. Where she's just like, yeah. well, of course you don't want to hide it anymore from our friends. Because you don't have anything to be ashamed of. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. it. I loved it. It is. And anyway, uh, so uh, Xander... The, the camera follows Xander, and uh, he kind of, uh, he walks right into the path of Giles, and and uh, Giles is being real low-key, and he's like, you know, uh, so what's the dealio on, on Buffy's surprise party? And uh, they discuss that a little bit, and then Buffy comes down the, down the stairs with him his calendar, and uh, Giles basically tells him, you know, 
to Hush in a long-winded way, and Xander, of course, has to make comment on that. And uh, Jenny and Buffy uh, walk up, and uh, <laughs> Xander, of course. Then we get a quintessential Xander where he's like, Hey, Buffy, happy birthday. I think it's time for a spanking. And everybody's like, you're fucking creepy. And they all just kind of ignore it. And they're kind of just hoping he'll go away. But uh, he, uh, they all sit down at the table in the commons there. And Giles talks about... Uh, he can just tell Buffy doesn't look quite uh, right. And she's like, yeah, you know, tired, really bad, bad dreams. And... um. He, she's, she basically confides in them about the, the whole dream thing and that she's worried that, that it can be tr- that it'll come true and yada, yada. And she's like, you know, like the master. And, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're tired of hearing about it. Quit crying. And they just all get up and leave her there by herself. And uh, she <laughs> – none of that happens. They, they, uh, they're supportive and uh, they uh, – um, they basically just tell her, kind of like what Angel did, they, they just kind of tell her, you know, it's going to be fine. It's, it's you know, just because of the thing you had with the master, don't don't freak, you know. And um, they, uh, Giles is really trying to comfort her, but, you know, he this isn't his, that's not his, his, uh, his strong suit, let's put it that way. Um. Right. And Buffy acknowledges she's probably overreacting, but um, but when it involves Angel, she always overreacts. And Giles kind of smiles, and uh, she walks away. And but then he kind of looks, has a little bit of look of worry on his face. So then uh, we cut to the factory where we have not been in several episodes. Um, this would be Spike and Drusilla's factory hangout deal and we see their nerdy vampire um underling with the glasses the mr bookworm guy and dalton yeah dalton and he walks in carrying this large oddly shaped um wooden box and he asks where to put it and spike spike tells him uh with the others and we see spike for the first time since uh says Spike says with the others, right up your ass. Yeah, and he's like, oh, okay, and he immediately tries shoving it up his ass and basically stakes himself and dies. Yeah, and really <laughs> intense scene. It's a very intense. Oh, Lord. Uh, we see Spike for the first time since, what was that, three or four episodes ago? That big fight they had? Um, in, it was several episodes ago. Yeah, I want to say three. I want to okay. say three. So we see him for the first time. You, you'd think we would know better. Yeah, we, we were we're supposed to be the experts, you, but, but. <laughs> guess what? We're not. Uh, Spike. <laughs> we see Spike, and he's he's um like one side of his face is all fucked up, and it's like scarred over and shit, and he's in a wheelchair. And I'm like, wait a minute. This goes. This has always bothered me. This particular part of this particular season, because I'm like. No, 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 no. Vampires, no. This this doesn't have, like, all they would have had to do is go get him a few people to eat and maybe maybe get in 
get into a coffin or whatever and sleep for a couple of days, and and he should have completely regenerated. Like, I don't know. I so I had I thought the same thing rewatching the episode, and it kind of plays into. I I also kind of had the same questions about. Um, I don't think either one of us really voiced them, but um, it it also ties into Drew Drusilla and her like, exactly being being so weak. Like yeah. what? I don't. Well, I did bring I, that up a few that... times in those episodes, and I'm like, why can't she just eat a few people and fucking let's get this over with? You know. Um. But yeah, so I don't. Uh, I I'm. It doesn't really make a lot of sense why no, it, he's wheelchair bound and still kind of scarred from presumably the fire. Yeah, it goes um, against every in, in the church. It just it goes against every bit of established vampire lore that there's ever been. You know, they don't have like long term right. injuries. It's, I mean, I don't know. Whatever, I, I can go with it. It just this kind of always has always bugged me. And we see Drusilla. She's dressed in a, a festive, I don't even know what the fuck you call it, like a, a corset tight dress, weird looking thing, like she's always dressed. And she's being Drusilla and talking weird and saying weird shit. And uh, he's like, you know, why do we have to have the party in Sunnydale? You know, we should have it in Vienna. Um, basically, he's totally fucking just over Sunnydale. Because he's, you know, he's like, we can't, we're like cursed here. Everything we try to fucking do, the goddamn Slayer or, the, or fucking Angel, fuck it up for us. And now look at me, I'm in a wheelchair and I'm a fucking vampire. Um, so then she has like this freak out about, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'll come back to that. But uh, all their minions are kind of like decorating for this big quote-unquote party and they're doing going about their business and um there you know there's candles and plants and flowers and shit everywhere and uh there's all these tables that have all of these other oddly shaped wooden boxes stacked up everywhere and um and by the way all of these minions they're all dressed like to the fucking nines they're they're like they're wearing like the guys who have like partial tuxedos on and shit. I'm like, what in the hell has happened? What is going on? You know, like now Drusilla is the one back in charge and shit is weird. <laughs> and, uh, really? Okay. What? What? No, I just, I didn't, I didn't think it was that weird. Drusilla is throwing a party and everyone's dressed up for the party. Yeah, I, I guess, but. <laughs> But the party isn't like that day. So I'm like, why is everybody all dressed up? And like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I think, so I think the party is supposed to be that day. So the whole and episode takes, takes. No, no. I think the party is supposed to be that day in where like the day we're in now, mm-hmm. but they end up losing a certain thing that they that one thing that that they lose uh-huh 
Okay, well, and maybe then, you're right. And then the party gets pushed until they have them. <clears throat> okay, all right. I guess I can buy that. So she goes, um, you know, she points out to uh, to Spike that everything will be fine and that her parties are always perfect. Um, she says, you know, especially that good one in Spain. And um, he's like, eh, that's true. Then she goes over to inspect these roses, and we get full-on weird-ass Drusilla shit. She starts having this total meltdown freak-out about these flowers and that they're not right, and da-da-da-da, and she starts tearing at them and, and having this total just fit, just like a crazy fit. And he's like, okay, okay, how about we just, you know, change the flowers? How about that? And she's like, oh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, what? And what is with this lady? She, ugh. anyway, um, her mood changes quickly, and she starts focusing on the boxes and everything. And she begs Spike to let her open one, and he agrees. But he says, you know, just a peek, and because um, he says, you know, they're for the party. And so Drusilla opens one of the big one of the boxes. And looks inside, and she's all happy, and she's like, ooh, it reeks of death. And she turns to Spike's, Spike and tells him that uh, this will be the best party ever. And um, Spike asks her why, and she says, because this will be the last. And then she closes the box. And he's like, yeah, I doubt that. We have several seasons left to go. And she's like, oh, okay. So then we, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we cut to... Uh, Buffy and her mom break fasting the next morning. And uh, this is the morning of Buffy's actual birthday. And uh, she's like, uh, Buffy, or Joyce reminds her that uh, that Saturday it'll be a, uh, there'll be mall shopping. And, you know, Buffy's happy about that. <clears throat> and as they talk, Joyce gets up and starts taking place to the sink and everything and she asks Buffy if 17 feels any differently than 16. And Buffy's like, I don't know. Does fucking 63 feel any different than 62? And Joyce is like, damn. She's like, get back on that fucking corner. And no. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, Buffy says, yeah, actually, I feel, you know, more mature and um, responsible and ready to become a licensed driver. Do you and really think Joyce looks 63? No, what I'm saying that's what that's what uh, that's that's what, that's what a teenager okay. would be thinking, you know. Okay, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you I was know. say because J- Joyce can't be. She's probably like I'll, five I'll, years I'll, older than fucking Sarah Michelle Gellar, <laughs> you know. R- right, but I, what I was gonna say is she can't. I I'll look it up after I'm done here, and you keep going with the scene. But I would imagine that at this point, Christine, Christine Sutherland's probably not much older than you and I are. I would, um, yeah, she's older than us. I would say she's about probably David Boreanaz's age um, at this so. point. Yeah, I'd say she was probably, you go ahead and look it up, but let me guess. I'm going to say she was born mid to late 60s, I'm going to say. Somewhere between 65 and 69. That's that's my guess. <clears throat> uh, she was born in 55. See, I was spot on 100%. And, uh, damn, wow, she's almost my mother's age. So, wow. So, so in 
So in 99, she would have been about 43. Well, there you go. She's she's my age. Yeah. But I look like, I do look like I'm 63, so. So. And I feel like I'm 83. So anyway, um, she, uh, she's, Joyce is not happy about bringing up this whole licensed driver thing again. And Buffy's like, well, you promised me when I turned 17 we could talk about it again. And Joyce says to her, do you really think you're ready, Buffy? Which is the exact thing she says to her in the dream. And then she drops the plate that she's holding. And it shatters. And Buffy's like, what? And we immediately cut. Oh, go ahead. and And we as the viewing audience are like, what? Yeah, because why did she drop the fucking plate? We never get an, a reason or an ending on that. She's just, are you really sure that you're ready for that, Buffy? Plate drop. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Oh, and I had to watch the plate drop a couple of times because I noticed when the plate hit the ground and it and it breaks that there's actually a price tag on the back of the plate, like a little sticker with the price tag on it. And I was like, oh, if I want to see if I can see how much this plate was, but I, I couldn't make it out. Anyway, uh, we cut to back to school, and Miss Calendar is in her classroom setting some, some shit up. And um, this, an old middle-aged man, played by who, James? Uh, Anthony Schiavelli. Yes. Again, if you've ever watched television, you have seen this gentleman. He's since passed, but... Uh, yeah, he passed away in... 2005. Yeah. Um, if you've ever watched any television, you have seen this gentleman before. Um, or, mo- or movies. Or movies, I, yeah. He, he had a I very mean, prolific in, career. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, he, he comes in, and he's got this strange accent, and he's talking to her. Um, and he was, I'm sorry, he was in probably one of the best episodes of one of our other favorite shows, Highlander. Really? You think... Um, that season one episode, what was it? Uh, uh, Innocent Man. You think that was one of the best episodes? Are you Fuck fucking no, high? I was like, <laughs> are you high? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I thought maybe you were shooting up a little bit of that heroin we were talking about earlier. Um, but yeah, he comes. The in. only thing, I think, the only thing that episode has going for it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the, I think after the series premiere with slan i think it's i think it's our first episode with a a bad immortal after that isn't it uh uh, isn't free fall before that i don't think so i don't know you could be right you could be right you're probably you're probably not but you could be no, 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 no. Discuss later. Let's yeah. continue with Buffy. <laughs> I, I think you're right on that, actually, James. Um, anyway, he's got this strange accent. It's it's a it's an Eastern European accent, basically. Um, and he reads Jenny's name off the wall, and uh, as though he's never heard it before. And uh, when Je- Jenny obviously recognizes the voice because she spins around and she's like, "What?" and um, they greet each other civilly, and she apologizes for not writing as frequently as she has in the past. Um, she's been busy, and he 
he does not give a fuck about her excuses. And um, he thinks she's shirking her duty to her people, especially since the older elder woman has been reading the signs and knows that something has changed. And Jenny's like, no, that's not true. The curse remains intact. And the man believes the elder woman over Jenny because he says the elder woman is never wrong. And the elder woman claims that the pain of the cursed one is lessening. And Jenny's like, motherfucker, what did I tell you? I told you shit was fine. And she punches him immediately in the fucking head. And Which, he, he, and he passes my, away. And mind you, um, uh, Robia Lamort is, is she's, she's tiny. She's a yeah, she's like 5'3". Right, and Schiavalli is like easily pushing what six, six five, six six. Yeah. He's very tall. Yeah. So she had so in order to clock him in the head, mm-hmm. she had to crouch down mm-hmm. and jump like Mortal Co- like the did Mortal like, Kombat uppercuts. Do you like the yeah. visual? I yeah. Yeah. And jump. yes, that's a fantastic and, visual. And and just sock him right in the. Right in the noggin. And she hits him hard enough that he passes away. Yeah, it is impressive. And then she, (laughs) and just for, you know, to make certain, she curb stomps his corpse afterwards. And uh, she makes sure that the job is done. But no, he, uh, she defends um, Angel. So he says, you know, the the pain of the cursed one's lessening. and, And she does admit that there's a girl, but promises that that Angel still suffers, and, and uh, she goes on to defend Angel, telling him that uh, he's attempting to redeem himself, and he's even saved my life. And the man just, this dude just goes fucking bonkers, and he's like, you know, I, we, I, we can't believe you allowed him to find love, and, and uh, he, he killed the most beloved daughter of our tribe, as well as every person who loved that girl, and... Vengeance demands that angels suffer etern- all eternity and just as our tribe suffers. And if Angel experiences even one minute of happiness because of this girl, that is too much. And Jenny apologizes for the, uh, you know, for the whole thing. And uh, he reminds her that you're not, you're not Jenny Callender. Uh, you are Yana of the Calderash people. You are a gypsy. So, do, do, do. Jenny Miss Calendar is a plant and has been this whole fucking time, this filthy, backstabbing bitch. <laughs> and <laughs> Jenny, uh, Jenny assures him she knows who she is and uh, addressing him and addresses him finally as uncle. And um, he demands that she do whatever's necessary to end Buffy and Angel's relationship. And she promises that she will do whatever it takes, including and up to and including murdering a minor girl. She will do that. <clears throat> she specifically says that even. Is that what in mind? She says she's, she would um, uh, say up to, she says up to and including uh, seducing uh, Buffy. Oh, wow. That would make a yeah. much more interesting show. I must have. I you must, must have, have been dreaming at that point. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you might have been watching a different, a different website. Were you watching <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Lair? Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. yeah, that's yeah, what it was. yeah. 
So, um, uh, oh, go ahead. Just a couple things uh, about this scene. Um, for one, uh, it's been like, what, 150 years since Angel killed that girl? Mm-hmm. Like, fucking get out. Right, over. right. <laughs> like, let's move on. Right. right? No, he on. must suffer eternally as your people suffer. And I'm like, right. I really tend to doubt that 150 years later, anyone is suffering like from, from a 150-year-old ancestor's death. Right. You know? Right. Um, two, this is, this is the first time uh, I'm almost positive. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm oh, sure I will. The, I'm <laughs> very nearly certain this is the first time we've heard about the condition of uh, moment of happiness on Angel's Curse. Well, now, that's I'm glad you said that because I wanted to bring this up. Do you, in fact, think this is something Jenny did when she says she would handle it to make sure that he could not enjoy even a minute of happiness? What do you mean? Okay, so the uncle says, let me find it here. He says, um, okay, the curse is lessening, blah, 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 blah. Um, gosh, where, oh, here, here it is. He says, if, if Angel experiences even one minute of happiness because of this girl, that is too much. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jenny, you know, and then a couple of lines later, Jenny says, you know, she will handle it. And I'm like, right. huh, I've never thought of it in these terms. Like, do you think Jenny did some, we'll just say witchcraft, um, and altered this curse to basically do exactly what he said should be done, meaning if Angel were to were to um, uh, have even a one minute, one second of happiness, that all hell should break loose. Do you see what I'm saying now? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're like, saying now. No, I don't. I don't think so. You think that was part I of the original curse? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, okay, but but I mean, also like, you know, foreknowledge of what's to come. We know that that's part of the original curse. Yeah, but I was pretending that we don't know these things. <laughs> right. God, and James. Honestly, like, and honestly, even now in this dialogue, like I say, this is the first time we learn of the the caveat of the the curse being conditional on angel experiencing a moment of happiness but that that's actually not even really that made that clear in this dialogue because uh, really the takeaway from this conversation could be that even he, even if he's if he's not thinking about all the horrible things he did mm-hmm. then that's that's not not good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the curse like, is stupid. The curse is dumb anyway because they're like, well, if he ever becomes happy even for a moment, we, we're going to take his soul back away and make him fucking crazy and evil again. Evil. Well, how, does that, how does that serve your purpose, dumb shits? You right. know? But what I'm saying is, you know, in, in this conversation, and I'm arguing to my own point because I'm talking through it, I realize it now. Um, that so 
you could take it you could take away from this conversation both angles one we learned that there is there is the condition on the curse that the curse will be lifted if angel experiences a moment of happiness or this crazy old gypsy dude is just like man even if he's happy for a moment that's that's no that's no good for us he needs to be miserable all the time you see what i'm saying yeah yeah it's done i don't it uh, i've always uh, i used to talk about this all the time with other people that 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 were fans of the show but just how dumb the curse was in its inception and like you know it's if you really want to fucking drive this dude crazy for why would you even put that caveat in there you would just say nothing no one can ever do will ever be able to take your soul away you are cursed for all fucking eternity to have your soul and to have to dwell on this shit you know what i'm saying unless you go get a fucking you go have a little bit of bone time then uh you can go back to being crazy man so i don't know stupid 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 anyway Buffy, meanwhile, was in the library, sitting at a table, telling Giles uh, about the scene in her kitchen and how it played out just like it did in her dream. And, um, you know, Giles is... He understands how frightening the whole thing must have been, and Xander and Willow come into the library all happy and shit, and um, Willow's hugging Buffy and saying happy birthday, and, and then she can tell that Buffy's kind of down, and she's like, not happy birthday? And, uh, you know, Giles tells him um, that part of the nightmare came true, and then Buffy starts kind of worrying out loud that the other part of her nightmare might become true. And since in the dream, Drusilla was alive and out to murder Angel, so now she's like, you know, Drusilla probably is alive. And, um, you know, she's like, you know, Drusilla took me by surprise, and I never even had a chance to save him. And Giles was like, you know, we can still, but we can, this, this hasn't happened. We can still protect Angel. And um, reminds her that, you know, he's like, dreams, yeah, they can foretell real events, but the outcomes aren't set in stone. And um, he's like, after all, you dream the master rising and, and, um, and even though he he tried, you stopped him. And they're all like, yeah, and you, you know, ground up his bones and made bread, too. And she's like, yeah, except I not the bread part. And uh, so Giles is like, all right, I'll do some research on Drusilla, find out if I can piece together, like, her patterns and, and you know, what makes her tick kind of thing. And he's like, meet me back here at the library at 7. Um. Buffy's like, well, what do I do until then? And he's like, uh, go to class, uh, study, eat, you know, live your fucking life. And Buffy's like, oh, okay. And she's like, I'll go be Buffy the high schooler instead of Buffy the slayer. And she uh, grabs her stuff and heads out. And Xander and Willow are kind of disappointed since it appears the surprise party's off. And, um... Uh, Giles is like, oh, fuck, no, it ain't. We're still having the party. And uh, she's like, you know, she only gets to turn 17 once, and by God, we're going to give her a party. So uh, they're all like, okay, cool. And uh, uh, Willow and Xander um, 
they agree. They they think he's making the right call. And uh, Willow asked the argument, saying, "Hey, you know, she Angel will be there, so she can protect him and have birthday cake at the same time." And Giles is like, "Way to go, Willow! Way to go!" And then she he kicks them both out of the library, tells them never to come back. And uh, so so they leave immediately. And, uh, and we never see <laughs> we never see Willow them again. again. They literally drop out of school. They're so depressed. Uh, so over Giles' <laughs> rejection of them. Yeah. So that night, uh, it's getting close to seven, and Buffy's uh, walking down the hallway. I'm like, so okay, it's getting close to seven. Did she like get out of school, go home, do a bunch of stuff, and then come back to school? And it's like fuck. They never get away from this fucking school, you know. I would be insane. I would. It would drive me bonkers. Sets are expensive, man. I know. So uh, she uh, she's gonna head to go meet Giles, and uh, but she runs into Miss Calendar, who tells her that Giles ran home to get a book and wants to meet Buffy somewhere closer to his apartment. And she's like, he went home to get a book. What? There are not enough books in the fucking library. And I was like, you know, that's actually a pretty valid, that's a pretty valid point. <laughs> and Jenny's like, I don't know, you know. And Buffy's like, and she's like, oh, I have my car here, so if you want, I'll just drive you. And Buffy's like, all right, bitch, let's roll. So they skedaddle, and we cut to them driving, and um, Jenny uh, Miss calendars. Well, Buffy realizes that they're close to the bronze. And she's like, why are we going to the bronze? And uh, Miss Calendar's like, uh, well, we're not. Um, don't be stupid. And Buffy's like, whoa. And so, no. <laughs> so she's like, well, I'm just following Mr. Giles, um, you know, Giles' directions and um, not really familiar with where I'm going. And then they, they pull up and they, they, with the headlights, they see that there's this, um, this loading dock area and there's a truck back up backed up to it and she sees she's like whoa this is sketchy and so she goes to get out of miss calendar's car and miss calendar's like uh buffy maybe you shouldn't and buffy's like well you know sacred duty and everything you know so she does she gets out and she walks up and when she gets up there to him she realizes it's dalton the creepy nerdy guy who every time she runs into which she says to him every time i run into you you're trying to steal something you should really get that kleptomania looked at. And uh, then she she hears the truck start up, and she turns around, and the door opens up, and a vamp, you know, kicks her, sticks his leg out and kicks her. And so a big fracas begins. Um, they uh, She's fighting with that guy. Then she's inside the truck fighting with a guy, and Dalton runs to escape, but... Uh, um, she pulls out a thirty-eight special and just literally just blows his head off. So he he's done. No, and so anyway, a, <laughs> a big old fracas uh, ensues, and she's she's basically taking on what would that be? She's taking on three vampires basically. And um, meanwhile, we cut inside the bronze, and and everybody's in there. You know, Angel, uh, Willow, Xander. Uh, Cordy, Giles, all that. They're all waiting to surprise her when Miss Calendar brings her in. And um, 
Willow's like, I think I hear her coming. And you hear you hear sound effects, and it's like clearly there's a hellacious fight going on out there. <laughs> but everybody and everybody's just standing around like, oh, I think she's coming. And it's like, what? No, she's I, be being beaten to death. I thought the same thing. I'm like, you can, like, it, they, it, they literally play, like, the fight sound effects. Like, yeah. In the, like, it's supposed to be, like, outside and in the distance but you can clearly hear it's a fight <laughs> yeah you hear like a guy going one of them it's like <laughs> you hear like a guy right. in the distance going oh my god i'm being punched repeatedly <laughs> and, like, and they're just like they're like huh buffy must be coming <laughs> not not to that extent but yeah i mean then you hear buffy she's like and, stop pulling my hair and trying to stab me <laughs> so you know I don't know. Right. And, like, not a single one of them is like, should we go see what's going on? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, if you hear all this, wouldn't you at least be like, let me peek out, just let me peek out real quick and see what's up. Right. Because if this is just one 17-year-old high school girl walking towards the door, I don't think we should be hearing this much um, uh, shit going Tracking. on. Yeah, it's like, right. it kind of reminds me of Will Ferrell and... Um, in the fucking uh, movies with Mike Myers, uh, Austin Powers, when, like, his character, like, he's like, oh, I've fallen to the bottom of this ravine. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute, I will attempt to stand up. And you hear, like, you hear, like, crack, and he's like, oh, I've broken my other leg. <laughs> I don't know. It's very Monty Python-ish. Uh, but they don't seem to be at all... In, um, in distress about this fracas they're hearing. So they just wait. And what happens? Boom, Buffy comes busting through the window, entangled with a vampire. And they well, do... Well, what, bef what before that, she do she manages to stake one of the vampires. Oh, that's right. Outside, when they're still outside, she stakes one. And then she the, and the other the one truck. come busting through the, uh, the front window. The window. And they're... Yeah you know, wrapped on each other. And then she, <laughs> this is, I think this is pretty cool. She, uh, she looks over because they're on, they land on the stage, uh, where the band would normally be on the bronze. And there's, uh, some drums there. So she reaches over and grabs a, a drumstick and does like a little spinny, spin a Rooney and fucking stabs him in the chest with it and stakes him. And then everybody, or not everybody, but is it Cordelia? Yeah, Cordelia then, for the first time, pops up from behind all the presents and goes, surprise! <laughs> and everybody looks at her like, and then Oz goes, uh, yeah, it kind of was. And uh, he goes, that pretty much sums it up. And uh, <laughs> Buffy jumps off the stage and comes over there to him, and <clears throat> everybody kind of gathers around, and she's like, what's going on, you know? And... Giles tells her it's supposed to be a, a surprise party, and she's like, oh, you know, she's actually very happy and kind of touched and how how sweet and nice it was of, she's, of everyone to do. And Angel's like, you know, are you okay? And <clears throat> Willow is like, turns to Oz, and, and she's more concerned with, like, how he's dealing with the fact that he just saw a vampire get dusted. And... um he uh, he's like, did everybody else just see that guy turn to dust? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Xander uh, says, uh, yeah, vampires are real, and there's a lot of them in Sunnydale. Well, I'll fill you in. And he kind of walks away, and um, 
he's like, no, actually, that that explains a lot. <laughs> and uh, so he he uh, Oz is down. Oz is pretty much immediately uh, down down to clown. You know what I'm saying? And so he's saying, uh, or so 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 uh, Buffy, Angel, and Giles. Um, or I'm sorry. Let me let me back up. Miss Calendar then comes in, and she's carrying one of those big wooden boxes, uh, the one that they were trying to load up in that truck. And she's like, give me a hand with this. And uh, so they, they help her carry it over, and they put it on a table, and they figure out um, how to get it open. And it's just, it's literally just an arm and a hand and chain mail and, and other weird shit. And they're all like, okay. And then suddenly the arm shoots up and grabs Buffy by the fucking throat. And we cut to what would have been a commercial. And when we come back... Oh, go ahead. Before you keep going on, one of my... Probably my favorite little moment in this episode is um, when Giles tells Buffy it's a surprise party. And then he blows into the, oh, yeah. the little party. <laughs> yeah, thing. he's like, and then, he, and, then, <laughs> right, and then he just tosses. Yeah, it. he literally just like, drops just it. it. He's like, <laughs> just throws it. <laughs> he's like, fuck <laughs> this. Why do we ever try to have any fun in this fucking town? He's like, <laughs> throw. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when we come back from what would have been that commercial, what's happening, James? Uh. Buffy is struggling trying to get this arm that's choking her off of her. And literally everyone else is standing there doing absolutely fuck shit to try and help her. Yeah. They're all just standing there like, they're all just looking over like, what? Uh, Finally, Angel like gives in and helps Buffy pull the arm uh, off of her and, they sh- stuff it back into the box, and Giles slams it shut. And, um, Which I'm like, couldn't it? It's an arm. Couldn't it just open its box back up and continue choking um, a bitch? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, right. Um. Uh, so it's back in the box. Long story. Long story short, uh, Angel tells them that. Um, it's it's the arm of this ancient uh, demon called the Judge, and he says um, it's a legend way before my time of a demon brought forth to rid the earth of the plague of humanity, separate the righteous from the wicked, and to burn the righteous down. They call him the Judge. Um, uh, and the story is that. He couldn't be killed. They sent an army to stop him. Um, The army was finally able to dismember him, and uh, but it didn't kill him. So they boxed up his various body parts and shipped him off to the most remote parts of the world. Uh, And now it appears that Drusilla and and Spike are are reassembling him. Um. So, uh, and it'll it'll bring about Armageddon. Um, 
So Giles says they need to get it out of town. And right away, Jenny offers Angel up to do it. Says, you know, he's the only one that can protect it. And Buffy's all incredulous and like, well, what about me? And Jenny's like, what, you're just going to skip town for a few months? And Buffy's all like, months? Like, what? And Angel agrees with Jenny. And he's like, you know, I have to get this thing to the remotest region possible. And Buffy says, but that's not months. And Angel's like, I'll have to, uh, I'll catch a cargo ship to Asia and then trek to Nepal. And Buffy's like, uh, you could just fly. And Angel's like, bitch, I can't fly. I'm a fucking vampire. What about the sun? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. And then she's like, damn, why do you got to get so mad, bitch? And she punches him and he takes a cigarette out of his mouth and like burns her with it. And then, wait. No, that was my neighbors. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Tammy. That it was, was Tammy the Vampire Slayer. That was Tammy. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but, yeah, so Angel is like, I, you know, I can't take a plane. There's no way to, you know, surefire guard against the daylight if I take a plane. And, um, like, I don't have a choice. And. Buffy asks him when, and he says he's going to go tonight as soon as possible. And Buffy's all like, but it's my birthday. And um, He's like, oh, okay, we'll just pause Armageddon for you then, you fucking greedy bitch. Narcissistic bitch. <laughs> no. um, uh, oh, where the fuck was I? Sorry. Anyway, by the uh, way, just I wanted to, my, I, I just wanted to tell you ahead. that that Tammy's um, bow is not Angel. His name is Daryl. Daryl. Yeah, just Daryl. He has a brother named oh. Daryl too, <laughs> and, and a brother named Larry. Yes, exactly. I'm Daryl. Yep. yep. Or what was it? Was it I'm Larry? This is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be new heart for uh, the people listening that don't understand the reference. Anyone under the <laughs> age of 40 probably has no fucking idea what we're talking about. Uh, honestly, new heart was old was old television when we were watching it in reruns, I'm sure. Pretty much. Um, so, uh, yeah, Buffy's all like, it's my birthday and... <laughs> Angel doesn't even get to respond. Like Jenny just kind of pops up into the <laughs> no. Like, yeah, her head just I'll appears. Drive you to the docks. She's like, right. I'll drive you to it's, the docks. <laughs> right. It's literally. It's it's literally like this. Like Buffy and Angel are talking, and then Jenny's like, <laughs> I'll drive you to the docks. She. She's like. She's like. I'll drive you there. <laughs> I, for anyone, for anyone that's listening to the podcast not and not watching, watching I urge you, I urge you to go to our YouTube channel, find this episode, and, and watch what just happened. Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> um. 
get the look at your face oh, out of my mind. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> oh, shit. We're going to have to edit out like 20 minutes of this episode. <laughs> Shit. Oh, fuck, man. That look on your face. You're just like, I'll drive you to the airport. <laughs> oh, God. I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So then... Jesus! <laughs> okay. Go ahead. To, we cut to... You can go ahead and keep laughing. I'm I can't, man. I'm going to I'm gonna throw up. So <laughs> that look on your face. <laughs> Woo. Okay. So we, we, cut, we cut to Spike's warehouse. <laughs> and, uh... Drusilla's all up in Dalton's grill, uh, and he's looking pretty ashamed and pretty scared, and he's obviously told them that he lost the piece of the judge that he was he was trying to bring to them. And uh, I'm trying not to look at my screen, because Jer Jeremy's still cracking up. He turned his mic volume off, everyone, because he's Still, he's still cracking up. So, anyway, um, Dalton's apologizing to Drew for losing the piece of the judge, and um, uh, Dalton's like, you know, it's not my fault. The Slayer just appeared out of nowhere. I didn't even see her. And uh, Drusilla cuts him off and grabs his glasses and throws them on the ground and smashes them with her foot and um she uh uh she basically uh makes gestures to imply that she's gonna you know poke his eyes out of his sockets and spike convinces her to give him another chance um uh because he's the only one they have with half a brain so he he's their best chance at getting uh the missing piece of the judge back. Dalton says he gets it. He swears he will. And Drusilla uh, relents and says okay and picks up his busted glasses and puts them back on his face. And, and of course, they're all cockeyed and broken. And she sends him on his way and then heads over to Spike and uh, sits in his lap and we cut back to the docks and um, Buffy and Angel are uh, saying their goodbyes and um, there's a big cargo ship there that Angel's gonna, you know, stow away on and um, uh, they're saying their goodbyes and Angel gives her her birthday present, which is a, uh, it's a, a clada ring. And uh, for anyone unfamiliar with Clada rings, it's um, it's a Irish ring. It's Irish tradition that um, 
significant others kind of exchange them. And uh, what kills uh, me, what a, kills me is the way he introduces it to her. He's like, this, <laughs> this is a thing amongst my people. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like your people. <laughs> I, there's a lot of Irish people in the world, my friend. It's not like an extinct fucking society. <laughs> the funny, the funny thing too is like, well, obviously, you know, we're rewatching, so I knew what it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah. But even rewatching, even rewatching it again when he's like, um, when he says that, like among my people, like. <laughs> Because almost immediately he says, before I was turned, indicating Irish people. Right. But, at, but, but like, there's enough of a pause where even watching it this time, I was like, like, f- fucking vampires? Yeah, <laughs> I know. He's like, amongst my people. And I'm like, I'm just immediately like, it's not like you're this ancient Sumerian who your people no longer <laughs> exist and you've, you know, you've been cast amongst the world to wander alone. It's... He could have just said, you know how I'm Irish, Buffy? <laughs> and she'd be like, okay. And then he'd be like, well, this is an Irish thing. Right. Uh. Um, but interesting enough, um, more specifically about the Gladar ring, is that they did originate um, and were kind of um, exclusive, for lack of a better term, to the area in Ireland that Angel is supposed to have been from. Where, where is he ver- from? For, um shit i forget now because i um, am from county cook ireland that is where my people are from um so uh but then it kind of it expanded gradually out into um it's just funny uh, it, it just i found it funny yeah, that he was like yeah. <laughs> amongst my people <laughs> right so it's a it's a clotter ring that he gives her and for anyone that doesn't know a clotter ring is a ring that's um Basically, the band is two, it's two hands, and it's holding a heart, and on top of the heart is a crown, and the hands symbolize friendship, the heart symbolizes uh, love, and the crown symbolizes loyalty, and there's two different ways to wear them. If you wear it with with the heart pointing towards you, it means you're taken by someone. If you wear it with the heart pointing out, it means your heart's open. Um, By the way, I meant County Cork, not County Cook, <laughs> as where I'm from. Uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm Irish as I'm Irish as well, but um, I've never done the research to figure out where what part of Ireland. I didn't do um, any of it either. I actually have a cousin who has spent, um, gosh, it's probably been 25 years now doing this extensive ge- genealogy stuff, and uh, so most of the information. That's how I've known, and then, of course, I did the the DNA thing some years back on Twenty Three and Me, and was able to narrow a bunch of it, which a lot of it I already knew uh, due to all the work he had done. So, um, shout out to Steve. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so he tells her to put it on, and she does, and um, you know, he she's all. You know, I don't want you to go. He's all, I don't want to go. And they make with the smoochy faces and all of a sudden get attacked by two vampires and, and Dalton. And, uh, yeah, Dalton, he, he like, he's got like this puffy, like pirate shirt thing on. And it's just, it's killing me that every time I see him, oh man. 
And uh, so Buffy is fighting one of the vampires and Angel's fighting one of the vampires. And then Dalton grabs the the boxed up piece of the judge and starts to run off with it. So Angel goes after Dalton and tackles him to the ground. And um, while he's fighting him, the other vampire that Angel was fighting grabs the, the box and starts to run off and uh, angels get ready to go after him. But that the vampire that Buffy is fighting tosses Buffy off the docks and into the water and angel for some fucking unexplicable reason, uh, 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 other than plot point decides to forego chasing down the piece of the judge and dive into the water after Buffy. Yeah, yeah. The and most important, the, the most important, like thing. The the whole. <laughs> he's just he immediately throws the most important. It's the entire. Yeah. It's the entire MacGuffin of the fucking episode. Yeah, and he's like, "Fuck and it, Angel, Buffy fell in the water." I need to. I need to save. And yeah. what the fuck's he gonna do anyway? He can't perform fucking CPR. We learned that in Prophecy Girl. Exactly. And besides that, it's not like she was beaten unconscious and then thrown in the water like right. she just she just is in the water she's she's gonna be okay angel how about you go after the arm of the unkillable demon armageddon guy how about that nope right he's got to go save buff so giles willow and xander are back in the library researching the judge and waiting for buffy and jenny to get back and giles is kind of freaking because he's like they should have been back by now and um <clears throat> Willow figures Buffy needed some time to compose herself, you know, after saying goodbye to Mr. Angel. And she feels really bad for her. And Xander, on the other hand, is clearly pleased um, and starts describing this elaborate fantasy about Buffy and Angel's relationship not working out. And Xander eventually sweeping Buffy off her feet. And just about that time, Buffy walks in in a totally new outfit and tells them the news. And... Giles wants to know where Jenny is, and Buffy says, well, she took Angel to get some change of clothes, and uh, I had some here at school. And Xander's like, why did you need new clothes? And she's like, because we just fucked, okay? Is that is that your business? And then she um, wheel kicks him and uh, breaks his neck. So he's, I think that's Xander's first death for the episode. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, no, she's like, we got wet. And Buffy then demands to know um, anything they found out about the judge. And Giles tells her that when the judge touches someone, he can literally suck the humanity out of them. And creatures of evil can sometimes survive, uh, but humans never can. And, uh, and also, no weapon forged can kill him. So the best way to stop the judge uh, is to keep him from being assembled in the first place. And uh, Buffy decides the best course of action is to figure out the judge's weak spots and figure, uh, try to find out where Drusilla is keeping the other parts that she's collected. And realizing it's going to be a late night, Willow suggests a round robin. And Xander says, yep, and he heads to the phone. And Giles is like, what the fuck is a round robin? And Willow's like, don't worry about it, old man. And uh, no, she says, uh, that's where they each Willow, call their... Was like Go ahead. Willow's, Willow's like it's a circle jerk, but with with girls. Yeah, she's like it's ookie cookie, and you're in the middle. 
So, uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> um, so, uh, she says, well, it's where we each call our parents and tell them that we're staying at the other one's house, thus freeing us up for sledge activities. And, uh, so some hours later, everybody's in the library. They've been, I think it's like, I think the clock shows that it's now like two 30 in the morning. They've been, you know, researching and shit for several hours. And, uh. Willow's talking to Xander, gushing about how cool Oz was about the whole thing, and Xander's not really that impressed. And uh, he accuses uh, Willow, says, "Well, you're just mad. You're just jealous because you didn't have a date to the party." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I didn't." And uh, Giles, uh, Giles comes out and he he calls out for Angel for like a progress report and. Angel comes out from the stacks with a book and starts to say something, and uh, Giles hushes him because they he spots uh, Buffy in the in his office sleeping, and uh, she appears to be in quite a bit of need of sleep, and Angel agrees um, um, that she's been tossing and turning a lot, and the whole group looks at him like, "What the? How the fuck do you know?" <laughs> I just want to stop you right there because. <clears throat> I love the the brief shot of Angel and Giles both looking in on Buffy and the different like like Giles with the like clearly like fatherly caring yeah. look at at Buffy and then Angel with like a uh 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 protective boyfriend kind of look or you you know um I don't know. I just I liked that. Yeah, I, I very nearly pulled this as a clip, um, but I, I ended up I didn't. Um, but yeah, I liked I liked this little. I like when Giles is is very uh, paternal towards her. You know. Yeah. But uh, they're all like, "Wait, how do you know that she's, you know, tossing and turning in her sleep?" And he's like, "She told me." <laughs> okay, chill out and. Uh, it's because of her nightmares, etc. They're all like, oh, okay. So we cut into Buffy's weird nightmare brain. And she's wearing a fancy white dress and walking through Drusilla's party room. And uh, she's following G- Miss Calendar. And there's a faint chant going on in the background. And nothing's clear. And Buffy keeps... Uh... It's like... It's like blurry and it's weird. It's hard to describe this whole thing, but she basically finally makes it up and she kind of like, she's at these pile of boxes and she realizes that's, that's what they're after. That's the judge's body parts. And she hears Drusilla's voice behind her, um, giving her shit and she turns and faces her and they're both wearing the same dress. And, uh, but she's holding a knife to Angel's throat this time. And I'm like, well, that's not going to kill a fucking vampire. What the fuck? And Drusilla tells Buffy to not touch her presence and goes to slit Angel's throat. And Buffy screams Angel's name and wakes up. But she's still at the desk, and Angel's right behind her and gives her a hug and says, bitch, you need some Prozac. And uh, she drop kicks him out the uh, plate glass window. Anyway, uh, 
meanwhile, in real life, Drusilla's uh, at the party, and she's wanting, she gives this funny clap and wants more music. So the music rares up, and it's really goofy, weird 90s shit. And uh, she's walking around, dancing, and acting, you know, very weird and Drusilla-ish. And Spike, oh, Wheels comes in, and uh, he's got the final box, and he gives it to her. And the two minions take it, and they place it into its slot because they've got them all put together now like a puzzle piece. And uh, he drops it in the slot, and then this lightning-ish light-up stuff happens, and then it opens up, and what do we see? Jawbone. It's just Jawbone in different makeup. And he's all like, and Drusilla's like, oh, it's the perfect gift. And when we come back from what would have been a break, the judge kind of really just kind of staggers out of his, kind of falls out of this thing and uh, sees Spike. And he's like, he's like, he's kind of going to go, go at Drew. And so Spike wheels up in front kind of protectively and, the judge starts complaining immediately that they have too many human-like feelings. And Spike's like, might I remind you we're the ones that brought your bitch ass here and reassembled you? And Drusilla offers the judge a party favor and points towards the minions. And he looks at Dalton and he's like, "Um, this one has lots of feelings, especially since he reads. Bring bring me that one. And... (laughs) Dalton starts freaking out immediately, and Spike's like, what do you mean, what's with all this bringing stuff? Aren't you supposed to just be able to zap people? And the judge is like, well, my full strength will return in time, but for now I need to touch. And so they drag Dalton over there to him, and he puts his hand on his chest, and he just basically incinerates, and (laughs) that's, that's it for Dalton. And Drusilla's super fucking excited, and she's like, do it again, do it again. And the judge is like, calm down, bitch. There'll be time for more. And uh, we cut back, and Buffy and Angel are rushing out of the library. And, uh, um, like, they clearly these two, they have been discussing something on their own. And so they're heading out, and Giles kind of stops them, wanting to know what's going on. And um, I got a clip of this, so we'll just play the clip. Buffy, what's happening? She had another dream. I think I know where Spike and Drusilla are. That's very good. However, you you do need a plan. I, I know you're concerned, Buffy, but you can't just go off half-cocked. I have a plan. Angel and I go to the factory and do recon, figure out how far they've gotten assembling the judge. You guys check <coughs> any places the boxes could be coming into town. Shipping yards, airports, anything. We need to stop them from getting all the boxes in one place. Yes. yes well, um, actually, that's quite a good plan. <laughs> So, uh, she does have a plan, and uh, Giles agrees, okay, it is a pretty good plan. So, uh, she and Buffy uh, head off to do their uh, reconning. Um, so, then we cut to the where, or the, the factory, the, the, the bad guy hideout, and Buffy and Angel are creeping along the catwalk, and they're looking around at the, the party as it's going on down below and seeing everything that's going on. And Buffy tells Angel that uh, she saw this. This is the exact thing in the exact place she saw in her dream. And they see the judge walking around with the crowd. 
with Drusilla and Spike at their at, at his sides, and the judge suddenly stops and looks up at the catwalk, growling, and uh, I guess he can sense their humanity, and that alerts everybody. And Angel's like, "We gotta get the fuck out of here." And as soon as they turn around, they're just surrounded by fucking minions. So they drag them all, drag them down to the ground floor to Spike and Drew and the judge. And, uh, you know, long story short, you know, they're going to kill them both, let the judge kill them both, but they want, uh, they want Buffy to die first so that Angel has to see it and suffer. And, um,. So the judge comes over and he walks towards Buffy and he starts to reach his hand out and she fucking rears back and like fucking drop kicks him in the chest. And he goes flying, kind of staggering backwards several feet and Angel's Angel gets a, loose from his captors and he sees that there's like this, this weird um, like contraption of like four or five televisions hanging from the ceiling and so he goes over and he hits this fucking chain and they all come falling down and they hit they hit the judge, knock him fucking stupid. And where this contraption hit the floor, it somehow creates a gigantic hole through it looked to be about two and a half feet of concrete um, into which in this hole leads into conveniently into the sewers. So... Um, Buffy's like, you know, exit, stage left even. and uh, Exit, stage <laughs> left even. Even. So uh, they dive down into the sewers, and Drusilla's like, after them, and she sends a couple after of After them, you fools. After them, foolish children. So they go, they go after him. Some minions jump down after him. And as soon as Buffy and Angel get down there, there's like this door. And they go inside this door and close the door behind them. And the minions run by. And they come out like... Yeah, so... That's all it took. Where are you? That's all it took to lose these two idiots. And they... Buffy's like, you know... or So so then he climbs up the ladder. And it's a manhole outside. And... Buffy comes up right behind him, and it's pouring down rain, and uh, they get soaked. And um, he's like, "Come on, we got to get out of we got to get out of the rain." And I'm like, "Why? You're a vampire. She's a slayer. Were you guys gonna die because you're in the rain?" But anyway, it's, it's very important. They get inside, so they get to his place, and I, um, go ahead. I presumed it was important that they get inside, not because of the rain, but because of the vampire minions chasing them. Well, the, the, they've already proven that the vampire minions are fucking idiots, so I don't think they're going to be pursued anytime soon. But anyway, I digress. Uh, <clears throat> so they head off, and they end up at, at Angel's apartment. I guess you call it an apartment. It's a subterranean place. They end up there. It's it's nicer than my first apartment. Fucking A right it is, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, they're, of course, they're both soaking wet, and Buffy's like, you know, you're freezing, and you're soaking wet, let me get you something, and I'm like, I'm expecting him to come back with a towel. No, he doesn't come back with a towel. He comes back, and hands her, like, I guess it's, like, a sweatshirt and some sweatpants, I can't really tell, but he hands her some clothes, 
And I'm like, how about a fucking towel, dude? <laughs> you're like, I don't know. It just seemed silly to me. He's like, oh, let me get something for that. You're all wet. Hang on one second. And I'm like, okay, yeah, towel. No, he just comes back with some, he just hands her some a bag of Cheetos. I don't know. I'm like, wouldn't a towel be the number? All right, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm fixating on this. Uh, so he, uh, so she goes over and sits down on his bed and starts to undress and he turns his back to her and everything. And then he notices she's got a cut. And so then he sits down behind her and she's covering herself and long story short, they fuck. They start kissing and all this. Oh, I love you. And she's like, I love you. And, and she's like, what? And he says, I love you. And. And she admits she loves him too, and they begin kissing, and yeah, they fuck straight up. I'm not. This isn't ha ha funny time. They they fuck. They finally fuck. So the two hundred and something year old guy finally bags the seventeen year old. What a pimp! And later that night, um, they're laying in bed together. They're asleep, curled up under the covers, um, and there's a thunderstorm raging outside, and all of a sudden, Angel. <sighs> This bugs me, too. He raises up and he gasps. And I'm like, no, you can't gasp. You don't breathe. That shouldn't be a thing. But anyway, he raises up and gasps. And um, um, he's, like, in obviously in horrendous pain. And he, uh, he like, staggers out of bed and grabs some clothes and staggers out of the apartment out into the rain and, He's uh, it's pouring down, and he's, you hear him scream, screaming Buffy's name, and but she's sleeping on peacefully in his uh, room in his bed, and uh, from there it's uh, to be continued. It is so. You brought up the gasping thing, and I, I feel like so he woke up in pain, and I just I think gasping is just like a natural reflex. Whether you can breathe or not, maybe. I've never not breathed, so I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also, also, you stated that he grabs some clothes. He does not grab some clothes. He doesn't. No. What he does doesn't. he? Does he grab like a dildo or? He doesn't grab anything, and that's something I'll talk about here in a minute. <clears throat> oh, okay. So, so Jeremy. Yes. Tell me. Uh huh. How many? Organ Grinders Monkeys, mm-hmm. do you give this episode? I'm going to give this one a four. Four. Okay. Um, okay. Because it had, we, we finally get to a culmination of Buffy and Angel's um, relationship. It's no more of this back and forth, you know, we're in love, we can't be in love, we're in love, you know, it's... It, well, in all fairness, it hasn't been that way for quite a few episodes. Yeah, but I'm just saying, at least we finally we we have finally reached a culmination point. You know, we're finally we're there. It's they the, right. the um what's the what's the term I'm looking for um the the eagle has landed finally, and so I like that. And then my biggest thing, of course, that I love about this episode is the Oz and Willow. Um, situation, how they are finally, they're finally uh, together. Um, it, it's it's some of my favorite times in this series is is during this era, 
Um, so yeah, that just and it's very well written. It's 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 actually kind of an important episode, <laughs> which we'll come to find out more of in the following episode, um, in the whole arc of this uh, television show, and um, it is so much so far superior to what Marty Knox wrote in the previous uh, episode. Judging by the fact that I gave it a zero. Um, but yeah, I just, I love this episode. It's no real complaints. Of course, there's little things here and there and, and little chunks here right. and there, but no, I, it's, um, I'm very happy with it. So yeah, I'm going to go with the four, uh, James, how many reused jawbones uh, would you give this episode? Uh, I am going to give this four reused jawbones. All right. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I, I love this episode. Um, it's damn near perfect, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, it's the only reason, the only reason it doesn't get a five is kind of like how kind of something we alluded to in the last episode is that there are future episodes that are so the, as good as this episode is and as much as I love it, and as much as I can sit here and be like, this episode is damn near perfect, there are episodes coming up in the series that are perfection. Yeah, literal those perfection. Are, yeah, those are five episodes, mm-hmm. and and this is this is almost there. This is almost there. Yep. Um, it's it's Marty Knoxon finally firing on all cylinders uh, in in the script she's putting out. Uh, the direction was great. Everybody, uh, uh, actor-wise, was was uh, firing on all sin- cylinders. Um, again, just the the Buffy Angel relationship. Like I I'm in I buy into it. I'm into it. Like 100. percent I'm all in on those two. Oh yeah. Um, the the beginning of of um, Willow and Oz. Uh, again, I'm all in on on Willow and Oz. I love that relationship as well. Um, there's just there's so much there's so much good about this episode. Um, so so yeah, it's it's a it's a four for me. It's a winner Definitely. winner chicken dinner. Uh, how about a little monsterology? How about it, Jeremy? Um. There's really nothing monstrology wise. I the judge, thought that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's he's just an amalgamation a, of everything ever. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's um he's just a, you know nothing more than you know creation of the writers just to kind of yeah. continue filling in in the world that they're playing in and and that's fine. Like yeah. I kind of I I prefer I that generally. Like, I feel like the show's at its best when it's creating its own its own demons and, and yeah. And they get, and they get so mythology. good. At, they get so good at this with once angel starts, yeah. um, yeah. man, they really get good at that. Um, our body count this week is three. Um, well, a little behind this. I should count the judge who was many body parts. <laughs> uh, uh Behind the scenes, um, Mercedes McNabb appeared as Harmony in this episode, 
but due to time constraints okay. and the focus on the Buffy Angel and Spike Drusilla judge stories, um, her scenes were cut. Okay, I was going to so. say, what? I missed, like, was she like a, they cut her lines, yeah. but she's still in the background somewhere? But, yeah, okay. Which is, it's a shame that the scene got cut, because I'm going to do something I, I, we normally don't do here. Um, Are you going to disrobe? I'm going to, I guess <laughs> I'm going to whip out my, my uh, baby James for everyone to see. Okay, um, okay. It. I only call him baby James because obviously he's smaller than me, mm-hmm. but he's, he's larger than a baby. Right. Well, so. it's like a baby's arm holding an apple. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if the camera will be able to get it all in. So. <laughs> oh, um. Whoa. Hang on. Let me cue up. Let me, let me cue up something here really quick. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I, I hate, I hate everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, coming off of the uh, harmony scene getting cut, mm. um, I usually don't do this, but I have I have here the scene that was cut, the dialogue. Oh, okay. I'm going to give a quick. I'm going to go through it real quick. So, it's a scene with her and Cordelia. Um, Cordelia, hello. I'm having, like, a totally random thought. Xander Harris, is it just me, or does his shirt almost match his pants? Harmony, almost. Why do I care? Cordelia, well, if you look at him a certain way, is he vaguely cute? Xander is in the distance doing a spazzy dance for Willow's amusement. Harmony, oh, yeah, I'm hot for spaz boy. Are you tripping, Cordelia? Cordelia, you thought I was serious? Please. I was just testing you. Ha, I'm hot for Spaz Boy. Good one. I it's it's a filler scene. Like there's there's nothing there's not a lot to it, but I kind of wish they would kept it they would have kept it in cuz I think it's another one of those scenes that shows kind of shows Cordelia's character growth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. like she's She's legitimately testing the waters of telling her friends about her and Xander. Yep. And then when she realizes it's probably not going to go over, she quickly like backtracks and covers up. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this was the last episode to be to air on a Monday night. All subsequent episodes uh, after this would air on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. All new Buffy the Vampire Slayer Tuesday. A two-part um, event. A two-part Buffy event. This Tuesday on the CW, the conclusion to the two-part Buffy event. Um, uh, we pulled in a Nielsen rating of 4.4 million households. Jesus. We have finally, we have finally broken the 4 million mark in Nielsen ratings and wait until you hear what the fuck it did in the next episode. I bet after this cliffhanger. Oh, I bet because dude, you realize 4.4 million. That's like when you do the numbers, that's this, we're talking game of Thrones numbers. Like when it was at its peak, like people don't understand how, 
because ratings are completely different today than how they did them back then. It's completely different, like I've discussed before, but a, a lot of people just do not understand. They would peop, There are many, 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 many shows that would kill their own mothers for these kind of fucking ratings, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, our bronze band this week is none because even though we did finally get to pay a visit to the bronze again in this episode there were no bands playing uh our music for this episode includes transylvanian concubine by rasputina from the album thanks for the ether released by columbia records in 1996 and it's also featured on the Buffy the Vampire soundtrack released by TVT Records in 1999. All right, then. Uh, as well as um, anything written by series composers Sean K. Clement and Sean Murray and performed by Carrie Howe. How? 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 Uh, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't 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 ever do that. Um, how about this is your favorite part? How uh-huh. about some goof 'em ups and oopsies? How about some of those? I love me some goof 'em ups and oopsies. I can't uh, say it, but I love it. So Buffy tells Angel that they never found Drusilla's body, <clears throat> right? But she would have turned to dust. So they wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. Also, and this is why I brought up the, you said Angel grabs some clothes. When Angel wakes up, mm-hmm. uh, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. He's naked. And then the next time we see him, he's falling through that door into the rain and he's fully clothed. Yeah. So, so you're telling me that this this man woke up in phenomenal writhing pain took the time to grab a full set of fucking clothes and then stumble out into the rain no um you're missing the obvious answer which is batman pole <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he went down the pole, dressed him, then he went outside, finished off the scene. Thrusters on, turbines to speed. Yep. So there you go. And that's all I have. I have a little. I have a little something. It's not a goof em up, goof em up and oopsie, but it's something I just put together during this episode. Um that I probably should have noticed before, but there was something about this episode that made me realize, I do believe the factory uh, where Drusilla and Spike are is the same set as the bronze. Oh, probably. You know, I never, just I, I know, I, I just, I never put that together before, and then I was like, wait a minute. There was something about the way it was shot in this episode and the way it was shot, like both the bronze in the nightmares and then the, the factory was, it was something about the way they were shot. And I was like, Oh, that's the same exact fucking set. The catwalk, the whole nine yards. So anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's probably the same set. Just, uh, redressed. Slightly redressed. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had. Mic drop. Yeah. So that's all, that's all I've got. All right. Well, um, 
so uh, should we just uh, just just cancel the rest of the podcast? Um, like forever? Yeah, like just forever. Just uh, leave. Yeah. Just leave it yeah. here and leave everybody hanging from 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 this point forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's okay. fine. Okay. Yeah, it works for me. Okay. It's been fun. Uh, take care. <laughs> Bye. It's been fun. Take care. I'm 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 outie. <laughs> yeah. No. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> Wait. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't do it to me again, man. <laughs> don't do it again, man. <laughs> God, you killed me with that earlier. I'm back. I'll take you to the docks. God, there was something about the look on your I'll, face when you, you when you popped up the first time. I just wasn't I, I wasn't ready for it. It fucking broke me, dude. It broke me pretty hard. Cause you're just you're just like, I'll take you to the docks. <laughs> Cause that's how it happened in the episode. But it's literally how it happened. She just pops up like from the it's like, I'll take you to the docks. And Buffy's like, bitch, get out of my man's face. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it was just hysterical. James, um, yeah. uh, people can still just go to uh, BuffyRevisited.com, right? And and find all of our socials and contact info. Um, unless you shut the website down, Jeremy. Which uh, I did yes, not. Yes, people can. Uh, <laughs> Which I did not. <laughs> then, yeah, people can still go to BuffyRevisited.com and they'll get links to all our socials, which include Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, and a link to our email address, which is BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. And you can reach out to us at any of those uh, those places and uh, give us your feedback. Uh, talk to us uh, about uh, about episodes or, or uh, you know, both the series, Buffy and Angel overall. We'd love to hear from you guys. Right, and I do want to say to everybody out there, um, we will be covering Angel, as we've said from the beginning, and that's not too far off the horizon. Um, yeah. We are kind of nailing down still, I think, exactly how we want to do it. But once we have the decision made and we have the groundwork laid for how we're going to do this, we will let you guys, you will be the first, the exclusive first ones <laughs> to know, other than ourselves, of yes. course. Right. Well, obviously, we'll know first. We know and you know what? I'm going to put this out there. If, if anybody has any suggestions on this, we, we would legitimately be willing to to hear them out. The general idea is that we would like to be able to put out um, two episodes uh, a week. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I correct in that, Jeremy? Yeah. Um, once, once we get to that point where, and we're giving huge spoilers here, <laughs> especially with how they're that. Well, I but, think anybody who's um, listening to the, to the podcast right. knows everything though. Right. So, um, but yeah, we would ideally once, once Angel is spun off into his own show, we would ideally like to do, um, two episode drops a week, um, but you know, obviously one where we talk about, epi- about Buffy and then. One where we talk about the concurrent uh, episode of Angel, right? Um, so, so uh, you know, we are like Jeremy said, we're we're trying to nail down the logistics of that. Um, if anyone has any, uh, honestly, if anyone has any, um, you know, insights or uh, or thoughts or or suggestions uh, as to that, uh, send them to us. I, I'd be open to hearing them. How about you, Jeremy? Oh hell yeah! No, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing from anybody. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm. T- <laughs> That's why I run the social. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, if anybody ever has any ideas, suggestions, complaints, even, it's, I'm down for that. I'm, I'm cool with that. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we when we say reach out to us, we, I mean, we've said this before. We I mean, literally, literally I want you to literally reach out and tweak my nipple just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we look forward to uh, serving you up another slice of Buffy next week, which would be Season 2, Episode 14, Innocence, which will be the conclusion of this two-part Buffy event. Your two-night Buffy event. <laughs> anyway, with all that being said, I've been one of your hosts. I'm Ermy J. I'm your other host, Ames J. <laughs> Ta-ta. Ta-ta.